This podcast is brought to you by lineupmedia.fm. Are you sick and tired of biased hockey talk? Then you have come to the right place. The Drop focuses on the St. Louis Blues, but we also delve into other news from around the NHL. So tell the ref you don't mind the game misconduct penalty. You were headed to the locker room anyway to listen to The Drop. Here's your host, Lance Descott. Welcome back to another edition of The Drop Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Lance Descott. We've got a lot to talk about, guys. The signings of Buchnevich and Saad. We're all wondering, is Tarasenko going to go? Should he stay or should he go? There's so many differences of opinions there. I'll give you mine in a little bit. We're going to talk about Zdena Chara and how a lot of people on Twitter and Facebook and Blues Nation are wanting this guy signed. But let's go ahead and get into all those things. Let's start with Zdena Chara. Yes, yes, yes. A great way to get started with this episode. Talking about the big man himself, Zdena Chara, the guy that every Blues fan seems to want a lot of the media are enamored with this guy and for some reason everybody wants him at least 90 percent of the people i've talked to and i don't get it uh the main reason a lot of people are saying that he needs to be a blue is because he's a leader he's a veteran and this young defensive core needs a good strong veteran huh young defensive core Pareko, 28. Krug is definitely not a young defenseman. Scandella is definitely not a young defenseman. Falk is definitely not a young defenseman. Bortuzzo is definitely not a young defenseman. The only young defenseman I see with getting any real true playing time this year with the Blues is Mikko Mikola or maybe Jake Wallman. So you tell me, do we need a veteran presence? And a lot of people aren't really thinking this through. Let's put Chara on the first line with Pareko. Number one, guys, uh, the way Pareko has played lately, uh, the last two years, I think he needs to be on the second line, in all honesty. If he is on the first line, it ain't going to be with Chara. It's just not going to be with him. I think the Blues are staying away from him. It's September 6th, and the Blues haven't offered him a contract. This guy that is such a great leader, and don't get me wrong, he was a good defenseman for a long time. But father time catches up to a guy that plays a lot of minutes. And a 44-year-old defenseman who last year played around 18, I think a little over 18 minutes a game, he was a third-line defenseman for the Capitals, but everybody wants him for our top line or our second line. Stay away from him. He's only going to get worse. He's not going to get better. And if you watched him last year, which I did a lot, I watched a lot of the Capitals games, there's a reason why he's on the third line as a defenseman. He is not as fast as he used to be. He can't be as physical as he used to be. And a lot of times, because of his lack of speed anymore, and he never was the fastest defenseman, He's out of position and can't catch up to a lot of these faster guys. I want no part of Zdeno Char, whether it's a league minimum, whether it's for a dozen candy bars, whether it's for 2,000 pucks. I don't want him. Uh, I just don't think he's a fit for the Blues. I think he may be, have one more year left and go to a team that uh, maybe he can teach some young kids 
The Blues don't have a lot of young defensemen that are, are going to get time. You've heard me name those guys. So for that reason, I say no to Zdena Chara. Now, let's go ahead and talk about the Blues' two big pickups this offseason, and I really like both of them, Buchnevich and Saad. And I know there's a lot of jokes going around. I guess since Saad here, everybody in St. Louis is going to have brand new grass. Ha ha, LOL. But anyway, everybody is penciling in Buchnevich as the top-line guy. He's going to be a top-line guy. He is a top-line guy. He's Ryan O'Reilly's going to feed him, and he's going to be just so successful. Guess what line he was on with the New York Rangers? Come on. Can anybody guess? Can anybody guess? He was a second line player. And the Blues are a better team than the Rangers were by far. So to say a guy who is a strong second line player, in my mind, he's always been a strong second line player, very good player, but a second line player at that. And everybody wants him for the first line. I think he could be successful switching between those two lines. But I don't pencil him in as a top three guy. I just don't. He's a top six guy for sure. And uh, I'm really looking forward to seeing what he can do. I think he can do good things for the Blues. And uh, the price they had to pay for him, I think it's reasonable. The contract they gave to him is very reasonable for a guy like him. But please, let's mostly play him on the second line. Experiment with him a little bit on the first. But he's a second line guy. Now let's go to Brandon Saad. Brandon Saad, just a hardworking guy. He seems to be in a lot of plays. He's Craig Berube's type of guy. I really like him. Blues fans are also penciling him in for the second line. And some I'm even seeing penciling him in for the first line. Uh, guys, you've got to do some research on these players before you come out with opinions, please. I highly respect everyone's opinions. I love everybody's excitement. Uh, when we got Saad and Buchnevich, I'm excited too, but let's put them where they're going to be successful. Let's put Buchnevich on the second line and let's put Saad on the third. That's where he played a lot of his minutes last year with the Avalanche. And in the playoffs, he was with Tyson Yost and Valerie Nechuskin on the third line. And I think he needs to be a third line player for the Blues. Switch him up a little bit if you need to and put him up on that second line. But he is not a full-time second line player. Love the guy. Love his work ethic. And I think that's why the Blues went out and got both of these guys. Buchnevich and Saad really work hard in every shift. Uh, they're Berube type players. I know everybody says they're 200 feet type players. I don't think either one of them is a 200 foot type player. They're not an Alex Steen at his prime. And I know a lot of people have really bashed me for, you know, really getting on to Alex Steen his last couple of years here. But I give the guy credit. In the year that we won the cup, when he was on that fourth line, Without him on that fourth line playing like he did with those young kids, we don't win the cup. But regular season that year and his last year and his year before that with the Blues, Alex Steen was definitely going downhill at that point. And nothing against the guy. Father time catches up to you. It's even going to catch up with 44-year-olds at Dana Char. It has. He's not the player he was even three years ago, much less five, six years ago. I definitely don't want Zdena Char here. I love Buchnevich and Saad. But let's be realistic on what's going on here with this team. Let's put these guys in positions where they are going to succeed. That's what you have to do. I think a lot of times last year, Berube didn't do that. I know the media praises him for that. And I think some games, Berube really did put guys in positions where they're going to succeed. But in a lot of games, you kind of scratched your head and thought, 
especially with a guy like Hoffman. Why did you have him on the third and fourth line most of the year and put him on the power play? Yeah, I do agree with that. He should have always been on the number one power play, which Berube used him a lot of times there. But I think if you'd have put him on the top line or definitely the second line, probably second line mostly, all the time, I honestly think you would have had a 30-goal score out of him. And they really didn't make a huge attempt to get him. I told you guys after last year, nobody believed me that the Montreal Canadiens wanted him bad. And, uh, you know, he got the contract he wanted and went to where he wanted to go. And I think he's going to have huge success. And I think the Blues are going to look back on this and say, you know, maybe we should have kept him and used him properly. Now I want to talk about the signing of Zach Sanford. And the only reason I'm super upset about this is the fact that they haven't signed Robert Thomas. I do know for a fact that Craig Berube is not, and I repeat, is not big on Robert Thomas. That's why he pushed to get Sanford signed first. Sanford can be good for a game or two here and there, but then he can have some huge brain farts and make some huge mistakes in the defensive end. And it seems like a lot of his mistakes cost us goals or great opportunities for the other teams. You know, people have brought up there are other players that make just as many mistakes or, or, you know, about as many mistakes. Yeah, there are players on the Blues that made a lot of mistakes last year. But Sanford's, for some reason, just seemed to really, really kill us at times. And if not for Bennington making some very good saves or Huso when he was in the net making some good saves, the Blues could have lost a lot of games. And they did lose games because of Sanford's mistakes causing goals. I don't think he was very good in the playoffs at all. And I'm just baffled as to why they made it a priority to get him and not Thomas. Thomas has such huge upside. I know a lot of people out there thinking, let's get rid of the guy. We've got to get rid of the guy. He's just not what he was supposed to be. He's lazy. He doesn't show up every game. He's not been used right, guys. And I've said it just like they did with Hoffman. You've got to put offensive guys on the right lines with the right players to succeed. Hoffman on that second line, and sometimes the first line scores 30 goals, maybe more. And Thomas being put with the right players, he's going to get more opportunities to score. Let him make things happen. Berube doesn't like that. He wants guys to stick to a defensive system, and even his stars, including Tarasenko, he wants them to be defensively sound. And I've actually been told by people in practices, he wants them to put defense first. His game plan is to be physical, wear the team down, take quality shots only at first. Once you have the team worn down, then we're going to really go after him offensively. Well, I'm sorry. At that point, you've laid back, you've been physical as you can be, which his team isn't as physical as it used to be, and the other team's up two to nothing, three to nothing. And then you think you have them more down and you try to come back and win and you fall short. Uh, let's get to Tarasenko. A lot of the media have been saying that he's a crybaby, he needs to go. A lot of fans are saying that. He never should have put it out about the uh, surgeries being screwed up, so on and so forth, and that he should have just kept his mouth shut. Well, you know, I do agree with that somewhat. I do agree with things like that. You keep them internal. You go to your coach first. You go to the GM first. You have a meeting with all three of you and say, listen, I just feel that our medical staff really screwed up my surgeries. I think it has a lot to do with when I come back, I wasn't able to be the player I was before. I think I'm going to get back to that. It's just going to take some time. But if I'm not in your plans and you're upset at me about complaining about this, please trade me, which I think he should have actually done. 
And I know that after it all happened, they did have a meeting about it. There has been meetings between Berube Armstrong and Tarasenko. Now, recently, a lot of people have said that, oh, he looks happy at practice and he looks great. We don't see the guys out there with him holding anything against him. And the locker room's not divided. There's nobody in the locker room that's upset with him with the way he's handled it. That's wrong. Things in the locker room, a lot of times stay in the locker room. When you're out on that ice competing, it normally doesn't show up because these guys all realize they have a job to do and they're paid to do something. It normally shows up in the locker room and off ice or maybe at practice away from where the media can see it. But it very rarely shows up on the ice. I know for a fact that there are a few gentlemen in that locker room that have an issue with Tarasenko the way he did things. So let's hope they can get that fixed. I still know for a fact they're trying to trade him. Lou Lamorello is trying to you know, play the normal hardball that he does. Armstrong's trying to play the hardball that he does. He doesn't have enough to sign Tarasenko. And people are saying, well, the Islanders don't have enough to sign Tarasenko. You guys aren't really thinking this through. The Blues are going to get a player or two back for Tarasenko and a draft pick, most likely. That's going to make up for some of that uh, cap space that Lamarillo doesn't have. So it can still fit with the Islanders. Uh, there's a West Coast team that I cannot confirm. I'm trying to get everybody I know to confirm which team is interested. It may still be the Kings, but don't quote me on that. I was just told that there's two teams in the East and that there's a team in the West that uh, is interested in Tarasenko's services. And I just don't see how you can keep a guy in the locker room. You know, a lot of people, like I said earlier, are saying that, you know, it doesn't affect the locker room. These guys are professionals. It does. Ask any player if a situation like this can affect the locker room. And I would be willing to bet you 95% of them will say, yes, it, it can affect the locker room. Because you've got guys in that locker room sitting there thinking, this guy's getting playing time in preseason, and he may be taking playing time away from somebody else that really needs playing time. Maybe it's a rookie. Maybe it's a guy they just got that needs to really prove himself and really wants to fit into that locker room. So if there's a deal for Tarasenko in the next few days, in the next week, I would not be shocked at all. In fact, I think the chances of it happen are 90% it will, 10% it won't. But the caveat to that is, if he does start the season here, there's still a chance he could be traded during the season or right before the trade deadline, whether the Blues are doing well or not. I definitely think either before training camp is over or at the trade deadline in 2022, he's gone. He's not going to be a Blue after that. But like I said, I'm expecting him to go any day now. I've heard a few rumblings and guys don't be shocked if he's gone in a couple of days. I've heard that Armstrong has got a package coming back that Blues fans should be happy with. So let's see what happens. I would say the next 48 to 72 hours are really going to be telltale signs as to what's going to happen with him. I can tell you that Bay's not happy with him, not happy with him at all. Armstrong's not happy with him. And like I said earlier, several players on this team are not happy with Vladimir Tarasenko. It can cause a big cancer in a locker room. I've had people argue with this with me, including some reporters in St. Louis say, no, these guys are professional. It doesn't affect the locker room. It does. It actually does. Don't be shocked if he's gone in the next 72 hours to Monday of next week. But like I said, if he's still here, he's gone at the trade deadline. My money's on. He's going to be gone very soon. And the Blues are going to be happy with what uh, they get back. There are some people 
talking about maybe Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh, I know that uh, Crosby's hurt, but they only have about 120,000, 110,000 left in cap space. They would really have to move some people, one of their younger defensemen, and I don't think they want to do that. You just never know. Things change at the last minute, and we'll just have to see what happens. I want to thank everybody for sticking with me this summer. I know I haven't had a lot of uh, podcasts out there. I wanted to really put everything together and have one about Saad Buchnevich, Tarasenko, Sanford, Thomas. I didn't want to just have one here for one guy, one here for these two guys. I wanted to try to combine things. Another guy you have to check out on YouTube is Kazmir Kaskasuo. He is a former Marley, a former Leaf, a former Predator, and right now he's playing in the SHL. Whether you're just a hockey fan, a goalie fan, a beer league goalie, a young goalie, a couch goalie, as I call some of you people, you can learn a lot from this guy. He's a great guy, has a great vlog. He includes his family in his vlog sometime, his little girl. He shows a side of players that a lot of people don't get to see, and I think it's great. Please look him up. That's Casimir Kaskasuo. Subscribe to him. He's got some special memberships that you get extra stuff. Uh, You can be a member, and it's just great stuff. More podcasts are coming now that the season's getting closer. If you love the podcast, check out my Twitter account at Drop Hockey Show. And with that being said, stay safe, spend time with your family, get out and enjoy this weather before it gets too cold. And then we can go out and enjoy playing some hockey on the pond, some beer league hockey. Let's just have a great winter, guys. Until next podcast, let's go blues. Thank you for joining us for this episode of The Drop Podcast. To get more of The Drop, check out our website at droppodcast.com. You can also find us on Google Play, iTunes, and the iHeartRadio app. You can follow us on Instagram at the.drop.podcast or on Twitter at Drop Hockey Show. You can email The Drop Podcast or host Lance to Scott at lanced at droppodcast.com. To find out more about Lineup Media, go to lineupmedia.fm. Until next time, let's go blues. This podcast was a presentation of lineupmedia.fm.